everyone, it's Maria here with the Thought Spiral Podcast, and it is Thursday. It's officially my Friday, so I'm heading home to go check up on my dogs. But I was having a conversation with a coworker this morning, um, and she was having some difficulties this past week with her ex-husband, um, and you know, just making decisions together still as a divorce couple. You know, the best decisions for their kids, and it got me thinking about trauma. And, you know, people have very different definitions of trauma. And I'm sure there's some, you know, scientific definition out there. And and again, I never claim to be anyone that I'm not. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not any kind of therapist. Um, These are just the things that I think about that help me work through, you know, my own personal issues. Um, And I'm on my way home. So apologies if you have any, hear any traffic noise. Um, But I was thinking about trauma and how trauma affects us and how really any negative, you know, difficult, maybe life-changing situation that we deal with can be a form of trauma. So in this specific situation, she was talking to me about how, you know, she received a phone call. I know a little bit about her personal history with her ex-husband. So I know the dynamic of their marriage and that there were some, you know, controlling tendencies in that marriage. Um, And she was a very insecure person in that marriage and did a lot, you know, to try to make that relationship work. So I know kind of the background. So when she came to me this morning to tell me, you know, what had been going on the past few days, she was emotional about it. And she kept telling me, you know, I don't know why I'm upset. I don't know why I'm crying. Like, I don't know why I feel this way. She told me that over the past few days, she had, you know, drank way more than normal. She was kind of binge eating, just, you know, eating through her emotions and just not really making the normal choices that she does for her diet or throughout the week. And she was like, I just don't know why he does this to me. Like, why? I let him get to me, why he has this power over me. And so I told her, you know, I was in that relationship too. I wasn't married nearly as long as she was, but I was in a relationship with a person who was very manipulative, um, you know, in a marriage with it. And it's funny because I'm marrying that same man today, but he is a very different man. And we were two very different people. But in that, that dynamic that we had, he was kind of a controlling, manipulative Um, you know, not very nice kind of person. Uh, There really wasn't anything that I could do to please him at that time. You know, uh, a lot of, he always seemed to be annoyed with me or, or frustrated with me. There was a lot of infidelity. So I understood, you know, those emotions that she was feeling this morning. And I was like, hey, I felt those for 12 years. And regardless of what anybody tells me, you know, based on their own personal experiences or thoughts or ideas, or even their lack of experience, that to me was a traumatic relationship in my life. It caused me, you know, trauma. It, it messed with my mental health. It messed with my, you know, physical abilities. It messed with my feelings about myself. You know, my I had a lot of self-doubt and I felt like I wasn't enough. And, you know, all of that stuff she was telling me this morning, I, I had to tell her, like, that's what happens from a trauma. And just like any trauma, you know, the childhood sexual traumas or childhood, you know, abuse, um, you know, relationships with, with, say, narcissistic people, you know, any kind of situation that puts you in that mind frame that you are completely, you hit rock bottom is 
a form of trauma, in my opinion. And so it got me thinking about like, I thought about this a few years ago, just, you know, kind of going through like doing my life checklist, like what have I done in my life? Who have I been with? What, you know, we doing that kind of inventory of my life and my choices and realizing that any of those situations, even if for the normal everyday person, it may not seem traumatic, they are, they have a traumatic impact. And, you know, that's what I was trying to convey to her that like, you know, the way that your brain functions with this individual, with your ex-husband is that of reliving a trauma, you know, cause she's like, I feel like I felt when I was married to him, you know, I feel like I'm right back in that situation and everything inside of me, you know, I, I, it's like all coming out again. And that's what we call a trigger. And so I, I kind of talked to her too about how, you know, people can be triggering a time of year can be triggering. And I asked her, you know, what's, what would be a triggering thing? Like if, if there's anything you can think of or remember, maybe that happened in January of, you know, at some point in your life. And I shared with her, you know, for me, it was January too, because, you know, it's after the holidays, even though you might be with somebody or with your family, there's always that like little sense of loneliness that you feel around the holidays. I feel like it's just an, an inherent thing. Um, especially, you know, if you're maybe like geographically close to a lot of people and, and they may come visit and leave and you kind of feel that, that emptiness again, or that void. And I was like, you know, for me every year, my ex-husband would come around, you know, at the beginning of every year and try to start a conversation and we would try to be civil and it would usually end badly. And so, you know, she was like, well, she's like, he served me divorce papers, you know, on January 11th. Uh, however many years ago. And I was like, you know, it kind of, I think it even surprised her like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Because for me, things are very residual. Like a lot of the experience I've, I, experiences that I have had are residual for me. They're always going to be there. I'm always going to go back to that same feeling, which is weird because your body, it's just used to that, that familiar, you know, feeling or thought that you get it puts you right back in that spot and even though you're conscious of like I don't even know why I feel this way I shouldn't even feel this way I'm a strong person or I'm a you know I I don't care about this person like that I don't love that person I wasn't happy in my marriage it still takes you back to that moment of you know how you felt and that's just again residual energy for me that's that's what I refer to it as so You know, I I explained to her like, well, you know, even though you're not consciously thinking about it, you know, he's coming pretty much out of nowhere at this point, which is rare anyway. So that's already kind of an anomaly. He's coming out and starting all kinds of uh, problems with you, you know, over something that you've already discussed. And now you're feeling like it's all, you know, coming back to you, all those emotions and all that drama and all the traumas coming back and then you realize oh yeah we got divorced in January like I signed divorce papers and so that takes me to triggers and a lot of people don't think that triggers are you know a real thing they don't think that you can be triggered by a certain you know smell or person place or action you know people think that oh no you're just focusing on your anxiety you're just You're just reliving your trauma just because you choose to. And that's so far from the truth. It's so far from the truth because even with my own 
you know, in my own experience and, and talking with my family members or friends, you know, everybody has a trigger. And in my friend's case, her ex-husband is the trigger because even though she's a very strong-willed, you know, very hardworking disciplinarian, you know, but great mom, you know, she has a lot of the qualities, I think, that a lot of people don't have, especially people who are put in those types of situations, you know, where you become a single mom out of nowhere and then you, you know, find a partner who has their own set of issues and their own children and, you know, so now you're in a house full of six kids and two adults who are dealing with their own traumas and issues and she does a really good job at balancing that. And I was like, you know, even though you know this, you're living in that moment. And what you have to do is realize that he is going to be a trigger no matter what, no matter how many years you're divorced or, you know, apart, no matter how often you don't talk, he's always going to remain a trigger for you. And we just have to be able to realize that, but not allow that trigger to completely turn our whole world upside down. As usual, I like to share my own personal stuff. Um, And for me, being about to remarry my ex-husband is sometimes triggering for me by way of like my anxiety because of the dynamic of the relationship that we had when we were married, you know, when we were first dating, when we got married and everything after that, it's a very triggering situation for me. And even though we are so far removed from those people we were, we don't rec- I don't even recognize the person that I was because we've grown and we've done so much work to try to be better people. There's still that little like uncertainty inside that's like, you know, I got to be protective of myself. And I even have moments myself when, you know, even if I'm just laying in bed next to him and he might fall asleep before me or whatever, I'm triggered by him. And I'll start thinking about the past and I'll start remembering certain things he said or certain things he did or things that happened. And it will trigger my anxiety, you know, like instantly heart rate goes up, you know, breathing gets a little shallow, you know, you, you start like, I don't even like you. Like, why would you ever do that? You know, you kind of start reliving those moments. And in those moments, I have to be like, no, first of all, brain stop like we're not gonna go that way that's not where this is going we're not gonna do this today we're gonna live in the now because that's what you have to do you've got to bring yourself back to the point that you're at right now and kind of remind yourself like that is not the situation anymore so I think uh, I've probably mentioned my dogs a million times on these episodes but um I love dogs and I love Caesar Milan. um, And I know that he is somebody who rehabilitates dogs, right? But the concept that he, the concepts that he shares are very basic concepts. And one of them is, you know, you're living in a moment when say there's a dog that's unstable, you know, and whatever situation happened and the family, say one of the family members got bit, they didn't want to get rid of the dog. So they're trying everything they can to to rehabilitate the dog, or so they think, and they're ready to give up. And when Caesar comes in, he's like, you know, you're living in the past. You're living in a moment that's already happened. And dogs don't do that. And just like humans, we don't do that either. We live in the past. We live in every experience that we've had. We live in every negative thing that was said to us 
from childhood all the way up until last week, you know, and we dwell on that and we put all our energy into that and we think about all the wrongs that have happened in our lives, all the stuff that we've missed out on. And that's what we focus on. So all of our time and energy is spent, you know, focusing on those triggers that we allow that trigger to, you know, bring about our anxiety and our self-doubt and our negative self-talk. And then we live in that moment and we feel like that's where we belong because that's where we were for so long. So I hope I'm not rambling, but it's just something that's always on my mind. You know, I, I suffer from anxiety and I don't suffer from debilitating anxiety because I refuse to, and I'm not going to take medication. As I mentioned before, that's, that's just not something that I want to do. And I commend everybody who does, who, who finds the right way to combat or deal with that anxiety. But for me, I deal with anxiety all the time and there are triggers every single day. And sometimes those triggers are just my brain. My brain is like, Oh, look at that pink building. Well, that pink color reminds me of this. And that reminds me of this person who was wearing a pink shirt, the one, and it just goes out of control. Hence the thought spiral. We let our minds go out of control and, and pretty much take over when we feel our best. And that's what I told her. I said, you know, up until a few weeks ago, you got your, you know, you got two awards for doing your job at the office. Your kids, you know, are always telling you how awesome they think you are. You know, everybody around you, your wife is telling you what a good job you're doing, you know, just with everything, balancing school, work and kids and family and dog and everything else. Why let that one trigger completely tear down that entire, you know, mountain that you've built of self-assurance and self-positivity and, and confidence, you know, and I feel like we do that as humans. Like we don't ever want to be happy. We always want to find something to complain about or be upset about or be sad about, angry about, whatever. We never want to just live in the moment and be content at where we are currently in our life. And again, that's just trauma. And, and trauma is is always going to be there. You're always going to have those memories of trauma. You're always going to have those situations, you know, that you probably feel like were the worst moments in your life. But those worst moments in your life have given you the ability to be in the best moments of your life today. And that's what's most important. When you get triggered or when you get in that mode of like, you know, where my friend is and where we've all been, where you're like, I'm just not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not likable. I'm not memorable. Stop all that. You got to tell your own mind to shut up. I have to do that, you know, and, and there are ways I'm sure you can come up with some kind of way to whether it's physical or, you know, a mantra, you know, for me, when I start to get bombarded with those negative dark thoughts, with that anxiety, with that stress, the fear, the anger, I shake my head. And it's a very like simple, I just shake my head, not even like a no head shake, just a quick little, quick little rattle. And I'm like, no, we're not going to do this. You already know the answer to all of these questions. You don't believe all of this. So don't allow yourself to fall into that trap. And for anybody that, you know, is dealing with there, there are different types of trauma. Absolutely. 
And I'm not saying that any of those are related or one is comparable to the other or one is worse or better than the other. Trauma is trauma, in my opinion, from my viewpoint. And it's going to force somebody to react a certain way every time and everybody's gonna react differently. But you have to be able to confront that trauma, confront those triggers, confront that anxiety, confront that person and be like, no, your energy, your purpose, your existence does not serve me. And it's okay to be selfish. It's not being selfish if you're taking care of yourself. If you're taking care of your mental health, if you're taking care of your physical, you know, the physical part of yourself, if you're trying to, you know, build up your confidence or your self-assurance, it's not selfish to do that in the sense that, you know, oh, I'm not sharing with you. But you are the only person who can look out for yourself. And yeah, we have family, we have friends, you know, but the people around us that support us, that look out for us are also very biased because they are people that are, you know, constants in our life. So they don't always say what's best for us. You know, they're like, oh, I love you and I care about you and and you're awesome. Even if you're not being awesome, they're going to tell you you're being awesome. And so that's why it's so important to realize your traumas, uh, confront them. You know what I mean? Affirm them, affirm your traumas. And when you have those triggering experiences, confirm those experiences as being related to that residual trauma. And when you do that, provide yourself a solution. Okay, so I know that when A comes around, B happens, C, what am I gonna do about it? D, how am I gonna handle it next time? E, how am I going to stop this from happening? And so on and so forth. So there's like, I forget, don't judge me. I don't remember science shit, but I remember for every action, there's an equal or opposite reaction. And I was thinking, I think I might've talked about this on my episode the other day, but that's exactly what it is for every action. So my ex-husband comes at me crazy last week or this week about some stupid crap that we've already talked about, my reaction, my initial reaction is to say, hey, hold on, slow down a second. You know, let me call you when I have the ability to talk to you. And I actually planned on talking to you about this. So let me, let me get home so I can have all my ducks in a row and we can discuss this like adults, but don't, don't call me, you know, to berate me. And then the reaction from that is, well, I want to talk right now, you know? So it just, it's like this cycle of, of reactions. So you can either have a positive reaction like she did at first again, cause she was like, you know, I did really good. And then he called me again and it went South and you know, now here I am now I'm living in the, in the shit, so to speak. I'm living in the negativity that that person makes me feel. And it doesn't matter if you think that somebody cannot make you feel a certain way. They can't force you to feel a certain way, but their actions, behaviors, and words do influence the way that you feel. And that's a big one that me and my fiance argue about sometimes is like, I can't make you feel a certain way. You're going to feel how you feel, but my actions and words might influence how you feel. And that's what you need to correct me on. 
And so, you know, that's just the way that I look at it. And I look at those three things, you know, traumas and triggers and anxiety, you know, whether it's anxiety, depression, um, you know, binge eating, like she said, you know, I just kept eating and eating and eating. I felt so sick and I kept drinking and drinking and drinking and I felt like crap. I'm like, all of those actions, you already know aren't the right answer. You already know what you should be doing. And so you just have to remember to remind yourself, like, you're not in there anymore. That's not you anymore. But it's hard, you know, and I get it because I used to do the same thing. Like, I would be so firm and like, don't ever email me again. Don't bother me. I don't want anything to do with you. And then I would go into this, like, totally depressed mode and be crying and, you know, why doesn't he love me? And I'm such a good person now and blah, 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 blah. you know, and, and you just go through that cycle. But it takes time and, and you're never going to be perfect at it. You're never going to be able to react in the perfect manner that you want to for those types of situations. But if you can maybe call yourself out on it or maybe at least recognize that pattern or the, that cycle, then you can probably do a little bit better you know, for the next time that this might happen. And, you know, I I hate to say it, but any relationship you've had with anybody in your life, there's always something residual there. There's always something that for either party is going to be a connecting factor. There's always going to be a connection of some sort, whether it's an angry connection or a, you know, a remorseful connection, regretful, whatever. There's always going to be some kind of connection. And you just have to be, you have to be the one who's in the authority, authoritative power to not allow that connection to disrupt your whole life. And that's how I think of it. I I used to think of it with my current fiance now, I used to think of it as a straight line, right? And I was doing really well. And then that line kind of started to curve up because I was doing really, really well. And, you know, finances were going good and life was going good. Relationship was going good. Work was going good. And the minute that he would insert himself, that line would drop like off a damn cliff. It just went straight 90 degree angle down. Even though everything in my life was going well, that's what I allowed him to be for me. So, you know, if that's, if that's where you're at, I always tell everybody like, there's nothing wrong with therapy. There's nothing wrong with counseling. If you don't want to be diagnosed or prescribed, go see a social worker, see a caseworker. That's what I do. I go to the VA. I don't want to see a psychologist. I don't want to see a psychiatrist. I just need to come in here and work through my stuff, you know, and, and maybe I'm at a point, usually when I do that, I'm at a point where I'm compartmentalizing really good. And I'm not really facing my issues directly, like head on. And so usually I'll reach out, I'll go have a couple appointments, you know, maybe I'll go for about a month or so, so that I can work through all that. And then when I do, I'll be like, all right, well, I don't need to come here anymore, you know, but there's, it's always a work in progress. Your mental health state is always going to be a work in progress, but you have to understand that now and you can't beat yourself up you know, because you might've had one bad reaction to this one thing that one time. And so that's what, you know, I I always hope that when I talk about this stuff or share it or whatever, that maybe it resonates with someone who might be needing to hear this right now, because I can go to a very dark place and I'm not a dark person. You know, I'm a, I'm a generally content person. I'm, 
don't really, it doesn't take much to please me. Like, just let me sit at home in my pajamas all day and watch dog video, dog rescue videos and cry and like cuddle my dogs and I'm fine. But I think that we can all go to a really dark place if we allow ourselves to. But if we've never checked ourselves in those dark places, we're never going to be able to pull ourselves out of them. You know, and that's what, that is the goal. Like, don't live in that moment. Live in this moment right now. Well, today, I don't feel that way. But our brains, because we felt that way yesterday, were like, nope, this is not natural. You should be feeling this way. Let's get back to this because it's comfortable. Well, no, we're not going to do that. Um, But anyways, that's really all that was on my mind this afternoon. I am off tomorrow, so I fully expect to record like two or three more episodes because I have a lot of topics that I've been kind of throwing around this week in my brain, just like things that I want to talk about, um, things that sometimes are misconstrued or people don't want to understand. Like sometimes I feel misunderstood about certain things and and I'm not sure why. But yeah, I'll hopefully be back tomorrow. So I wish love and light to you all and take care of yourselves. It's super important.